Morning. Hey, Roger. I want you to turn your Bibles to First Peter, chapter five. We just witnessed a miracle. We had five of the most talkative people in this church. Keep it under an hour. That was good. And it's no surprise that the first, the only hiccup that they had was at a donut shop. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. This morning, I want to take you on an abbreviated journey, my journey to peace. Back in uh, March, March 15th, the the band sang this song, and and, uh, the title of it, Jesus Loves Me, kind of threw me off because I'm thinking of the old Jesus Loves Me or the original Jesus Loves Me. And so I'm thinking, really? (laughs) We're singing Jesus Loves Me. And anyway, when we sang the song at the 8.30 service, it it didn't, you know, it didn't click as much as at the 11 o'clock service. But at the 11 o'clock service... As they sang the song and I looked at the words and the words began to speak to me, um, I realized then and, and that uh, it was very descriptive of my own life and, and probably many of yours as well. The, the words in that song are just tremendous. They're, they're very personal, you know. And uh, so it just began to speak to me very powerfully. And so I wrote some things down as, as the service went on and Today I'm going to try and share that with you uh, best I can. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for already what's come this morning. Thank you for the faithfulness of those that went up to Toronto, gave time out of their life to serve. And I thank you for blessing them and thank you for their uh, blessing us this morning with the things that they, that they uh, experienced and the things that, uh, that you've spoken to them about. And we pray that it will just be the beginning. Of a, of a great relationship up there where we can see you do some mighty and wonderful miracles as well. And Father, we just thank you for uh, this time that we have right now. We invite the Holy Spirit to come and be very powerful among us this morning that he might lift up and glorify Jesus Christ. For we pray in his name. Amen. And so I want to share that journey or my journey to peace this morning. And, and it was a long journey. It took a long time to get there. But as we look at this scripture in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. Let me get there myself. It says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself affect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. If you notice in this Scripture, as Peter's writing, he says, After you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ. 
will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish. And I want you to see that very clearly this morning. I'm going to move through it kind of quickly because for my purpose this morning, I want to focus on establish. But it's important that you understand there when it says that God called you. None of you have come to Jesus Christ except that God called you to Christ. And so the God that called you to His glory in Christ, His eternal glory in Christ, He also said in that Scripture, He will Himself. Don't miss that. He said, He will Himself. In other words, He's taken it out of your hands. And He says, this is not something you can do. It's not possible for you to do this. He will Himself perfect you. So don't run around trying to perfect yourself. You don't have enough time. It'll never happen. But God is at work perfecting you, and that work is progressive, and it will continue on until we're in the presence of Jesus Christ. So don't worry about perfecting yourself. God is doing it. He's doing it every day, and you're experiencing that, and you may not realize it, but you are. And it says that God will confirm you. So don't worry about confirming and trying to confirm yourself before God and to God. You know, some of us are so worried about, oh Lord, maybe I forgot something. Maybe I missed something. Maybe I didn't cross that T. Maybe I didn't drop that I. And when I get before God, I may be in trouble. I may come up short. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, if you've invited Him into your life, if you have repented of your sins and you've invited Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, you have eternal life. He gave you His Spirit at that moment. And the Spirit of God is the seal. He seals you eternally. He's like the earnest. The earnest money that we pay sometimes to hold something. He is the earnest. He is the seal. He is the guarantee that when that day comes, you're going to be alright. But now if you don't have the Spirit of God, then you don't belong to God. But God will confirm that. Okay? He'll confirm it. You don't have to worry about confirming it. Don't go through all your life worrying about if I'm going to come up short. You're in Jesus. He's in you. He will not lose one of His. And you don't have to worry about strengthening yourself. God will strengthen you. When the time comes that you need strength, He'll give it to you every day. But when the time comes that you really need strength, He'll give it to you at that moment as well. And then it says He will establish you. I like that one. Because I realize to a certain extent, I don't think any of us understand perfectly yet, but I realize to a certain extent that God has established me in Himself. He has established me in faith in Jesus Christ. He has established me for eternity. I don't have to worry about coming up short at the end. 
I believe when Jesus hung on the cross, He said it's finished, right? It's finished. It's done. It's complete. And it's for me. Established in Jesus for eternity. Forever. God's desire was to call me out of darkness. Good morning. God's desire was to call me out of darkness of death into the eternal light of Jesus Christ. But I was a runner. I want you to hear this because some of you are runners. I was a runner. Even when I was a young boy, I was running. I'd be gone days at a time in the summer especially. I'd be gone days at a time, sometimes weeks at a time. My parents didn't know where I was at. They didn't know if I was alive or dead or what I was eating or where I was staying. They had no clue. That's just the way I came up. And some of you are running. If you do not know Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior, if you do not have a personal relationship with Him where you can remember a time when you said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me? I'm repenting of my sins. I want you to come into my life because I believe what the Bible says, that you are the Son of God, that you are the Savior. You died on the cross for me. You took my place. You were my substitute. And I want you to come into my life now and give me eternal life and forgive me of my sins. If you can't remember doing that, you really, you really need to do it. Because it probably didn't happen. Don't just get comfortable sitting in the church thinking everything's okay. You really need to know. So God was trying to establish me, but I was a runner. And some of you are running. And some of you Christians are running. You know the Lord, but you're running. You're running from what God wants you to do in your life, what He wants to do through your life and, and uh, in your life. And you're running from that. And you're making one excuse after another. And you're running from it. I want to tell you something. That one place in your life no matter how well your life's going, how well you feel like you got it together and it's moving in the direction that you want it to be moving in, there's a place in your life that nothing can feel except God, except Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can feel that void. No substitute can feel that. Good morning. <laughs> No substitute can fill that place in your life. You were created for God and only God can fulfill that. He's the only one that can fill that place. So I was running. And then when my, my brother Bill, who was a, a teacher and coach here at Powtan, came to me at the end of my eighth grade year, he was really worried for me because they would come and visit and I wasn't there. And mom and dad said, well, we don't know where he is. He left with, with cousin Peanut. We don't know where he's at. And so when they said, would you like to come to Powhatan and live with me? I said, I didn't even ask my parents. I said, sure. I was just running again. Another place to run to. 
So we were here for two years, and then after two years, after making friends and all of that, here we were off to Ohio, running again. But that was normal to me. We're going to Ohio. Okay, we're going to Ohio. You see, my heart was hard. The world had that hold on me like we were singing about there a minute ago. And so to leave Powhatan and take off to Ohio and walk away from relationships, that didn't mean anything to me because my heart was so hard. I was indifferent. And as I got older, I was still running. Thank God that God intervened in my life when I was 27 at a racetrack in Miami, Florida where I was betting on horses. Still small voice said, what are you doing here? Couldn't answer that. Found myself headed back to Ohio to make an appointment or to feel an appointment that God had made several months before. That appointment would be with Janice, who has been my wife now for 38 years, going on 39. The helpmate that God gave me, tremendous help, tremendous support. But one of the favorite things about Janice, our relationship, is that we're great friends. We spend time together. We like being together. That's why it was so hard for me to be down here in 13, uh, 2013 for those months by myself because we had never spent time apart. That was very difficult. But I was still running. Even after we got married, I was still running. But God was running faster than me. And He began to reveal to me who He was. Who this Jesus person was or is. And He began to reveal to me who I was and what I was all about. And for the first time in my life, I was listening. I was hearing something that I needed to hear and I wasn't running from it. I was listening to it. It made sense. So in that June of 1977, when I invited Christ into my life and I repented of my sins, the release, the release from the burden of sin that I had been carrying around all of my life was gone in an instant. It was the sweetest peace I've ever known in my life. I had never known peace up until that point. But when Christ came into my life that morning, His peace came with Him. I remember, folks, I was laughing out loud. I was laughing out loud for just sheer joy. And when our Pentecostal brothers talk about when they experience the Holy Spirit and they laugh out loud, I know what they're talking about. They're not crazy. I was laughing out loud for sure joy 
that had come into my life. I had peace with God. I had peace with God, this person I never knew in my life and wasn't interested in. All of a sudden, I had peace with Him. I wasn't afraid of what might happen if I was to die. I wasn't afraid of that. I wasn't afraid of coming up short. Now I had the peace of God in my life that brought joy into my life, that made sense out of my life. And for the first time, I was at peace with myself. Some of you here today may not have peace with God because of circumstances and difficulties and whatever might be going on in your life. You may not have peace with God. But the peace I'm talking about, those things will not take away that peace. They'll try it. They'll shake it. But they won't take it away. And some of you may not be at peace with yourselves. You may not think you're measure up yet. You may not think that, you know, God is really, really going to just wrap you in His arms one of these days. You may not be at peace with yourself. First time in my life I was at peace with myself. This message may be, you may be thinking... You're just wasting my time. But that's okay if you feel that way. This is my way of worshiping God this morning. That's what I'm doing. And that's what you're doing. I was at peace with myself for the first time. And then because I had peace with God and peace with myself, I have peace with people. I was always at odds with people. I came from here. If given enough time, I fully believed that you would let me down. That's the way I thought. If I would give you enough time, you would let me down. But now I'm at peace with people. I enjoy people. I enjoy being around people. I, I can horse around with the best of them, I think, anymore. I've been around Gary long enough. I should be able to. But I can laugh and joke and laugh at myself. And when I'm with a group of men, I'm not intimidated anymore. I don't feel inferior. And it had nothing to do with me. Strictly God. The peace that God gives is just incredible. I lived a self-destructive life up until the day that Jesus intervened in my life. I faced death so many times I didn't even like, don't enjoy talking about it. Don't even like thinking about it. But I'm at peace with God. I'm at peace with myself. And I'm at peace with you. And I'm at peace with people. And it's good. 
It's a good feeling to be at peace. But it can only come from God. So don't try to strengthen yourself. Don't try to confirm yourself. Don't try to perfect yourself. And don't even try to establish yourself. The word is surrender yourself to God. Surrender yourself to God. Make God the delight of your life. And He'll give you the desires of your heart. There's been many times where my peace has been shaken. I have four children. And there's not one of you here that's under the impression that preacher's kids are perfect. Okay? We all know better, right? And if they're little angels right now, trust me, they're going to be teenagers. And they turn into something different. Something strange. You're not always their best friend anymore. They don't always want to hear your advice first anymore. And they don't always think you're the smartest person in the room anymore. Or you're the greatest. Or you can whip every other dad. No, those things change. That'll shake your peace. They'll make decisions that'll affect them the rest of your life. And you know it. And that'll shake your peace. I've been in this ministry a long time. And just being in church, being with people, I've, I've had my peace shaken a lot of times dealing with folks in the church. But the greatest shaking that I've had in my life as a Christian, you know, I buried my dad, I buried my mom, I buried a sister. And I still got a lot of sisters and brothers. I'm the baby. And I'll bury some of them, maybe if I live longer than they do. But the greatest shaking came last year in May when my granddaughter took her life. That was a great shaking. I had feelings of hate, anger. I don't even know what all went through me. I didn't know if I could do the funeral. I didn't want to do the funeral. I had my son Caleb standing by to do the funeral if I couldn't do the funeral. And he didn't want to do the funeral. I did something different that morning at the funeral that I really had never done before. I asked people if they had anything they wanted to share. One after another, those young kids came. And they shared about what was special about Korah. And as they shared, our, our amazing God gave me supernatural peace. His peace. I was able to do the funeral. But more than that, I took the sermon from the note she left. 
She named people that she didn't think loved her. She named people that hurt her. And I wanted to name them too. I really wanted to name names. But the peace of God came and not only was I able to do the funeral, but it took the place of the anger. So the anger was gone. The hatred was gone. And the only thing was left was God's peace. And I was able to do that and I believe that God was glorified that morning. When the Holy Spirit came into your life, He brought the peace of God with Him. And He'll give you peace every day of your life. And there's times when He'll give you that extra bit of peace that you need. And you can depend on Him. So if you're going to run, run to Jesus, folks. There's something about Him you need to know. He cannot, and I repeat, He cannot run from you. He said, Whosoever will come on to Me, in no way will I turn Him out or cast Him out. Anyone who believes in Me shall be saved. Jesus has committed Himself to His Word. He cannot run from you. He will not run from you. He does not desire to run from you. Why? Because He loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. And the other thing about that is, that is so important, He is for me. And He is for you. And always will be. So if you're going to run, run to Jesus. You're welcome there. His arms will always be open to you. Let's all stand.